Welcome to the Orange Socks Podcast, where we are inspiring life despite a diagnosis. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Nebaker. I had the great opportunity of speaking with Denise. Not only is she the mom of Matt, a terrific young adult who is on the autism spectrum, but she is also the founder of two exemplary organizations, Southwest Autism Research and Resource Center, or SARC for short, and First Place, both located in Phoenix, Arizona. Denise told me a little bit about SARC. SARC was formed with a big vision to ensure that individuals with autism and their families would be supported throughout their lifetimes while advancing discovery and research. We started humbly without a roof over our head, without any money, and today SARC is a $15.4 million organization with 160 employees with model programs and impact across Arizona, throughout the country, and around the world. We are one of the most robust sites in the country for the recruitment of subjects in pharmaceutical trials and genetic materials, and super proud of that organization. I'm the co-founder of SARC and currently serve as board member emeritus. She describes how SARC put together a team to evaluate 100 different potential housing options, specifically focused on special populations. It was early in SARC's development, actually by 1999, that I authored the first strategic plan on what housing for special populations should be. My background's not autism, it's marketing communications and working primarily with real estate and community development interests. And so fortunately, I was surrounded by some really smart people in real estate and community development, and we got their brains around, what do we do for housing? what was going to give us greater peace of mind, knowing that Matt someday would live beyond our family home. And so we started searching and forming and working on strategic plans. We convened a group together with Arizona State University and the Urban Land Institute to evaluate 100 different residential options across the country, specifically focused on special populations. And we ended up publishing a report in 2009 called Opening Doors. After they collected the data, they were able to come up with guidelines and codes so they could start creating a model for a companion nonprofit company, which they named First Place. What we were really looking for was a model, a model that we could bring back here to Phoenix and create right in the heart of our urban community. We didn't find the model, something that could be replicable and scalable and financially sustainable, but we found some really good stuff. And so we published 10 specific design goals and guidelines Those are among the guidelines that we've included here at First Place. And then we set our sights to create the model. And we formed a sister nonprofit, a separate nonprofit charitable organization in 2012. Because we know that real estate requires a much different risk tolerance than supports and services and research. And it was also very important that we separated the real estate from the services and support so people could also age and grow in place. And so that's when we formed First Place, and I currently serve as the founder, president, and CEO of this organization. The vision for First Place is to ensure that housing and community options are bountiful for people with disabilities, just as they are for everyone else. What a terrific vision statement. Our bold vision for First Place is to ensure that housing and community options are as bountiful for people like Matthew and those with other differences as they are for everyone else. And in order to do that, you really need a marketplace 
If you think about it, we are today where senior housing was some 50 years ago. Actually, my first employer, the Dell Webb Corporation. And back then, he developed Sun City. That was the place for retirees. And if you fast forward, you don't have to look very far before seeing all the different locations and price points, amenities, services, because being a senior doesn't tell you what I need in my housing option. Well, what we know is that, you know, Matt with his autism needs something much different than the next person with autism or Down syndrome or traumatic brain injury or somebody who has differences. And so it's going to take us all to create a marketplace. It's going to take the private sector, but we need to remove some roadblocks from the private sector for them to jump on board. So we need the public sector involved and we need philanthropy to provide that social capital to allow us to innovate and be disruptive. And then it takes the nonprofit like First Place to bring all those pieces together. And that's what we're doing here in Phoenix. First Place is a residence with all kinds of amenities. Denise's son, Matt, lives there, as do several other people with disabilities, mostly on the autism spectrum. Throughout First Place, we've adopted a collection of design goals and guidelines that were published in a report called Opening Doors that we produced in collaboration with the Urban Land Institute, Arizona State University, and the Southwest Autism Research and Resource Center. First and foremost, we know families were very concerned about safety and security. And so in that space of safety and security, people are well aware that they need to come in and check in and check out when they leave the property. What they may not see are the 34 cameras in all the public spaces that also keep a watchful eye on what's happening here at First Place. We're also responsive to sensory issues. There are no fluorescent lights in the building. They're all low-voltage LED lights. We have a lot of natural lights that are bringing the sunshine in. Beyond that, we've used sound baffles and a gyp creek in between the floors to create a quieter building. We also promote health and wellness, which is quite obvious through the uses, through our four-foot sports pool, so think aquatics classes and volleyball and basketball, through our culinary teaching kitchen, where we're teaching healthy preparation of food. We also have a fitness room and a Zen room so that people are becoming more adept and confident about working health and wellness into their weekly and daily diets. We also have a lot of durable materials that are used throughout the property, both as a long-term owner, as a nonprofit that owns First Place, but also for the maintenance of our residents so that they can care for their private apartments. And each of those private apartments also include different technologies from the card key system to a motion sensor that will automatically turn off their stove or oven if it doesn't sense motion over a prescribed period of time. In addition, we have provided lots of choice throughout First Place, both in the design of the different apartments from the one, two, and four bedroom suites, also the different color palettes that you'll find on every floor. And then on every floor, you're gonna find a different room or lounge or spot. We have a health spot, a Lego lounge, a Cardinals game room. Uh, we have a lot of things that are allowing and encouraging individuals to get out of their rooms and connect with other residents. In the culinary teaching kitchen, we are helping people learn how to make their meals with friends and we're learning on the same appliances that you're going to find in all the other apartments throughout First Place. And so we're not providing group dining. What we are doing are helping people early in adult life to develop these skills for themselves. And if you think about what we're doing, it's almost like senior housing in reverse. You know, in senior housing, you start with independent living and then semi-skilled in nursing. Well, we're not providing nursing, but we are providing more intense supports early in adult life 
hoping to increase that level of independence, increase their quality of life, increase their choices for where they go next, and reduce the cost throughout their lifetime. And again, that will look different for the different types of people and their different skills. And fortunately, as much as we refer to first place, like its name it sounds, as the first place you may live after leaving your family home, for some it may be their forever place, and that's their choice. At this time, we have people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s enjoying life here at First Place. First Place is no ordinary residence. It is a place for learning and developing skills, and it provides peace of mind to families because they can help shape where their child is living. First and foremost, First Place is home. It's home for the people like Matt who live here. It's a place for learning and developing skills for also people who live here and work here. And for families like ours, it's peace of mind. It's knowing that in our lifetime that we can help Matt shape where he's going to be living next and to make sure that we're also involved with how he's supported in his home. For families like ours, you know, some years it seemed like a revolving door with all the different support providers coming into our home or therapists and behavioralists. And we need something that's going to be built to last. And we can't do it one person at a time. We really need community. And what we need to do is develop communities that can support different types of housing options and the different people who need those housing options and community options. It's not just about one property. It's about how we create and start fueling diversity within a new wave of housing and accommodating more people with differences. Matt and other residents have a private lease, and because of that, they can bring additional supports to them. This can be Medicaid home and community-based services or private supports as well. First Place Phoenix is a supportive housing developer. And as such, it's our responsibility to develop community. And we've been developing and studying this community and what people want through a collection of focus groups involving more than 100 family members, including adults with autism and other differences. We involved a diverse group of people in two national design charrettes. We hosted a national family round table. And we know that everybody's looking for the home, but the home is just one part of a much bigger picture. What do they do all day and where do they go and where are they working and learning and developing their lives and their interests and where are they getting their health care and where are they going to be safe and where can they come home and be themselves and have neighbors who support them because they're friends and I love this definition of community about the number of people in your life you don't pay to care about you. And the only way they can care about Matt is to get to know him, whether he's a neighbor or whether he's out in the community. And as much as we have all these safety and security systems with cameras and check-ins and you know how the property is wired and how it's been designed, the best safety security system is really more eyes and ears. The things people want when they turn to first place, first and foremost, they're looking for friends and they're looking for a job and they're looking to learn how to live an adult life or for their parents that peace of mind that comes with helping our loved ones learn how to live as independent as possible knowing that his independence from our family home is different perhaps than his neighbors and in that way we're providing a base of supports to our families a base of supports to Matt where he might need a little more help with some of his life skills than perhaps the next person but then as a supportive housing developer and as Matt's home with a private lease he's able to bring additional supports with him. Home and community-based services would be an example, or private supports, so that we can really augment the level of support we can provide here at First Place. 
First Place is not a licensed treatment facility. It's not an ICFMR. It's not an institution. So it's not for people who are medically fragile, have violent or self-injurious behavior, or who need 24-7 care. But it is a terrific resource for people like Denise's son, Matt. And just as there's no one housing location for everyone, First Place is not for those who are medically fragile or need 24-7 care or have violent or self-injurious behaviors. We're not a licensed property. And we're also not for people who have minimal needs. They don't need all the supports that we provide. So really trying to look to market values and allowing people to make good choices for what works for them. And so this is a consumer choice, consumer controlled property. Denise goes on to explain Matt's experience staying at First Place. Denise has helped Matt to transition to life outside of his family and into a supporting living community. It took a few weeks to complete the transition, but it has gone well. At first, Matt would stay a few nights a week with Denise, staying there with him. Now, Matt stays at first place five days and four nights a week, with Denise staying only one night. Eventually, Matt will be there full-time and Denise won't need to stay over. Unless, of course, she is invited by Matt to be his guest. First place is Matt's first place away from our family home. And for Matt, unlike many of our other residents, it didn't happen overnight. It's actually happened quite gradually over a collection of weeks with me right by his side. <laughs> Started with just a few nights a week and I've stayed those few nights a week and now Matt's staying here five days and four nights a week and I'm only here one. Matt has learned more than Denise could have imagined from independent living, and in a short time, too. So Matt is transitioning, and he's doing really well, and so is the team here. And he is learning more than I could ever imagine at home for a man who never used a key, answered a door, or would even FaceTime us. He's learned to do all those things and a lot more. And not unlike Matt, the best way to learn how to live more independently is by living independently and with supports. And through you know, the love and support of family who know him the best. So during our lifetime and on our watch, we want to be here to help Matt transition. Denise goes on to explain the challenges that she and her family went through in raising Matt. She explained that being the mother to Matt was hard for her because she wanted to make sure she was doing everything she could to help Matt be the best that he could be. She wanted to create a community that knows him, supports him, and understands him. Obviously, that's the inspiration for the creation of First Place and for her to be involved in the creation of the SARC program. The most challenging thing about Matt's autism as an adult is that it's hard to continue evolving as Matt's mother. I've learned a lot over the past 26 years about autism and gone through a lot of courses and try to do the very best I can to help Matt with those next steps. I need professional support too. I can't do this alone. I don't think any parent really can. And Matt also has our number. We get into our own rhythms of what he can and can't do and what I will and won't clean up after him. And so he may have autism, but like any kid, he knows how to play his parents really well. <laughs> I think the hardest thing as Matt's mother is believing that I'm doing the very best I can and I'm not leaving any stone unturned during my lifetime to try to help Matt be the best he can be and to have a community that knows him, supports him, and really understands what a remarkable man he is and how much he has to contribute. And also realizing that as a mother of a son with more classic signs and features of autism, 
or a little bit tired. Tired of, you know, all the data collection, all the books, all the everything of trying to get to that next space without having a lot of initials after our name. And so realizing that just as Matt needs a community, as parents, we need a community too of helping us get to that next space. As much as first place is for the people who live here, it's also for families like ours who want to get to that next space and want to help their loved ones do the very best they can. It's been hard for her because she sees that her friends are traveling and are crossing off their bucket lists, and she is still very focused on Matt and helping him get to his next phase in life. She just hasn't had time to give a lot of thought to what life might look like with the freedom to think about those kinds of things. I also will tell you that while our friends are traveling and getting to their bucket list, those are things that, you know, we have put on hold and in many cases I don't have a lot of buckets because beyond our kids I haven't really given a lot of thought to what life might look like with the freedom to actually think about those things. At this point still very focused on getting Matt to this next place and helping others do the same. And as much as we might have poured all of our energy into Matt, you can't build a community for just one person. And we are so much richer for having built an autism-friendly community and a community that recognizes what autism is, what it isn't, and that individuals like Matt have a rightful place as contributing valued members. Denise goes on to explain the joys they have experienced with Matt. Denise says that parenting Matt has shown them a different side to parenting that she didn't even know existed. Matt helps keep her family grounded. He has also taught them not to take progress for granted, humility, joy, and unconditional love at the deepest level. Matt has also kept them laughing through the years. He's provided them with fun material, and Denise says, quote, with great love in our heart and affection that we are able to smile and laugh about autism, unquote. Matt has helped us experience a side of parenting that I didn't know it was what was possible in so many ways he keeps us grounded on a daily basis of what's really important and helps us not take for granted so much of the progress that he works so hard to make and that we've worked so hard to make with him. He has taught us to live in the moment, to be joyful. He's a very happy man. He's taught us great humility. He's taught us about love, unconditional love at the deepest level. Through all the years of parenting and, you know, even for our daughter, there are cycles to all of this in terms of growing up. But he always really loved his mother and father. <laughs> he gives us a lot of love, affection, and a lot of great material to work with, too. Matt's father and my husband of 35 years, we call him the father of fun. And he's kept us laughing through all the years. And Matt's provided for us and with us some really wonderful material and it's with great love in our heart and affection that we're able to smile and laugh with autism. Denise has great advice to parents who have received a diagnosis of autism in their child. She suggests that we only do today what is attainable. What's attainable today may look very different than what is attainable tomorrow. She also describes why it's important to have a community of support and to realize that whatever you are feeling after a diagnosis is normal, and you are not alone in these feelings. 
Denise explains that having Matt has enriched their lives beyond what they thought would ever be imaginable. The best advice I've been given has been to do what's attainable. And what's attainable today may look different tomorrow. And that we can't change all the challenges in front of us all at once. And we're so much stronger when we work together and not go at this alone. And it's important to know that with whatever is in your heart and whatever you might be experiencing at this time, you're not alone. There are others out there who are experiencing the same, who have gotten through the challenges and who are off to some new adventures and new discoveries and have enriched their lives beyond their dreams. Just in the same way that Matt has enriched our lives beyond what we thought would ever have been imaginable after receiving that diagnosis 26 years ago. I appreciate the opportunity that I had in meeting with Denise and meeting her son Matt and having a tour of First Place. It's wonderful to see how this dedicated woman has created so many wonderful things to benefit the community of not only people with autism, but the broader community of people with special needs. Thanks for listening to this episode. Orange Socks is an initiative of Rise Incorporated, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting and advocating for people with disabilities. Follow Orange Socks on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, orangesocks.org, for more stories and to find national and local resources to help parents of children with disabilities.